I'm gonna tell you what it is, okay? It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their white asses cut the fuck up, okay? Yeah, I suppose Sandra Bullock is Miss Ethnicity, right? Well, no, all I'm saying is that the horror genre is historical for excluding African American elements. Well, look how you get your PhD in black cinema, sister soldier. Welcome back to Afro Horror and happy Black History Month. We are celebrating the year anniversaries and we're going to be talking about 1974 Sugar Hill, which is celebrating its 47th year anniversary on February 7th. Um, so we're really excited to talk about this movie today. I'm going to admit I had never seen Sugar Hill except for recently to talk about it for this podcast and I am completely obsessed the whole time I was watching the movie, I just kept planning ideas in my head of what I would do for Halloween um, and tributes I wanted to do for it. It is such a guilty pleasure. It is available on Amazon Prime for $3.99 to rent if you want to check it out. It's very much different from the Spike Lee Sugar Hill. That's a completely different movie. So if you're thinking, oh, it's I'll just watch the remake, that's no, that doesn't exist. Watch 1974 Sugar Hill. And I have a really special guest today. Um, who I'm super excited to have join us for the conversation. But before I introduce him, I want to remind you all that in honor of Black History Month, and we are Afro Horror Podcast, we have some really great limited edition items in our shop um, dedicated to Black History Month, as well as some Clubhouse exclusives. If you are on Clubhouse, we're on Afro Horror uh, Club on Clubhouse. And we had our Scream franchise chat room the, uh, this past weekend, and we had a free Cotton Weary t-shirt available with the code clubhouse 10 on it and uh for all the podcast listeners i am extending that offer to you so if you go on our website right now www.afrohorror.com go to our shop there is a free cotton weary t-shirt available in the shop and if you use the code clubhouse 10 you'll save 10 percent off that shirt won't be here much longer because every week we'll we add new merchandise items to fit to our clubhouse room and for the podcast you will see a sugar hill shirt in the shop as well. Um, so if you do, if you use the code AfroHorror10, you can get 10% off of anything in the store, but specifically you'll see a nod to uh, Sugar Hill in our shop tomorrow. I'm not gonna let you know what that shirt says until tomorrow when the episode drops. So just go to our Instagram and you'll see it there. Um, but we're super excited about that. Um, again, this is the season three, so we're doing the year of anniversary. So every month, our episode will cover a movie that is celebrating an, an anniversary during that month. So that's why you picked Sugar Hill for February. And we have guest hosts every month this, this year. We have people I've met online or on Clubhouse who are guesting with us every month. And I'm super excited. We have a really great year coming up. But enough about that. With further ado, I want to introduce our guest for the Sugar Hill episode, Mr. Evan J. Peterson. Hey, Sade. It's great to be here. Hi, Evan. How are you? Um, you know, believe it or not, I'm doing well. Are you doing well, sugar? <laughs> I am. I'm sweet. I'm well. Um, yeah, I'm good I, and good at it. I feel like we should just talk in Black Exploitation speak the whole time. Like, you Is that? Turkey. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I try not to do that as a white person, but you know, it's your yeah, show. If you want me to talk like that, I can no, talk like that. Maybe it's best. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, so 
So Evan, please introduce everyone. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Where can we find you? Let us know. So uh, I'm an author and I write a lot of different types of things. Uh, I, I get a lot of work in humor and lighter, lighter genres, uh, but I also write quite a bit of horror. So uh, you can find me at evanjpeterson.com uh, or on Twitter at evanjpeterson. And um, yeah, through my, through my site, you can usually find what kinds of classes I'm teaching online, what kinds of workshops, uh, where you can read stuff that's uh, coming out and getting published. But yeah, uh, what else do I do? I mean, I do all kinds of stuff. I was uh, the producer and host of Shriek Women of Horror Cinema in Seattle, but that project is complete. But yeah, I like to pull that out as a as a little street cred now and then. You're based in Seattle. I am. I, I freaking love Seattle. You know, it, it ain't too bad, is it? I went to Seattle for a weekend just on the spur of the moment when my cousin Toya lived there like four years ago. And she took me to do all the touristy things. I went to the fish market and they threw fish at me. And I was like, this is great. Um, we went to see um, an improv play that was like okay. by the gum wall there's some oh, yeah. that was by the gum wall yep oh yeah i drank starbucks coffee <laughs> like the original starbucks yeah. coffee and um it, it it rained the whole time and i loved it but i didn't come prepared with an umbrella and actually my cousin was like no one uses umbrellas out here because the wind is so strong you look like an idiot and she was right i bought an umbrella and i just couldn't get it together and i looked like an idiot so i just wore a hat <laughs> for the entire time i love seattle those Me are my too. people did you did you catch the museum of pop culture while you were out here yes yes i did oh we that danced. is one of my happy places we danced in the middle of the, they have this room that's just like a, a giant screen and yeah, the sky church yes we danced to maroon five sugar oh my god oh my god <laughs> there are no sugar. coincidences Charday. <laughs> to happen me and my cousin toya danced to room five sugar in this middle of this room with a bunch of kids and it was so fun like i have only the best memory of seattle yes i did the all and i went to the the needle mm -hmm. the yeah. needle i don't know yeah. what it is but i went up there the space needle beautiful your yeah. city is beautiful and it's full of books and yep. and water and uh -huh. and people were kind they were at least they were kind to me i don't know if they're <laughs> You know, I only got, the, I got the tourist experience. We're, we're very polite here in general. I love it. Yeah. Not a lot of black people, I will say. No, no, definitely a lot more uh, Asian Americans than African Americans. Yeah. And depending on what neighborhood you're in, interestingly enough, there are more uh, immigrants from Africa <laughs> than African Americans born here. Interesting. I wonder, yeah. you know, it's always funny. My mom is an immigrant from Belize and hmm. she immigrated from Belize to LA. She grew up here in LA, but then she settled on Lansing, Michigan, where I was, um, I wasn't born there, but that's where I grew up. And I'm just, and there's a big Belizean population there. I'm like, it must be hmm. something about the opposite weather attracts. Like you grew up in this hot, humid, temid, uh, humid temperature your whole life. And now you're like, I just want to be cold. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never understood it. Actually, my freshman year at Michigan State, my roommate, she was from the Bay Area here in California. And I grew up in Michigan. And I was like, why the hell would a California girl 
want to come out here mm-hmm. to Michigan. And it was true. She like was sick of the big city and she wanted to try small town stuff. And it's not that well, glamorous, y'all. <laughs> and I, I grew up in Miami. So, Ooh. you know, I, much love, much love to Miami, but I hate hurricanes. They're awful. <laughs> no. Oh, can um, I, can I cuss on your show? Of course. We curse Excellent. all the time. <laughs> We're the most inappropriate podcasts out there trust me um you know what since you're from miami we are going to be taping our patreon episode after this maybe we should do crawl we could i haven't seen crawl yet well then we can't do it but it's all about a hurricane so (laughs) like we can't do it but um i don't know we'll we'll save the surprise for the patreon listeners and what we're gonna choose yeah i have it narrowed down to an older movie and a newer movie Wonderful. Uh, which are some of the best I've seen recently. Wonderful. Well, yeah. I I always ask this question um, because our, excuse me, my dog wants to be a part of this. Say hello, Meijan. No one can see you, but they can hear you. <laughs> oh, this hello, my dog. cutie. Yeah, he's all black with a little white fur patch in the middle. And we've been quarantined together for now a full year. And he uh. won't leave me alone, literally. I can't go pee without him up my asshole. So he'll just You know, some here. people pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want that from him, particularly. Mm-hmm. I will take mm-hmm. like a Chris Evans, sure. Oh, yeah. But, you know, boundaries. <laughs> yeah. I would like a human interaction with my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Been, it's been a year of quarantine. I apologize. Yeah. The wind um, is like whistling through. Yeah, I mean, even like watching Sugar Hill or just rewatching some movies, I'm just like, look at that man. <laughs> I um the the actor's name doesn't isn't coming to me, but but uh, the guy who played Baron Samdi, he's fucking hot. Yeah, really hot. Like, and I'm just watching them all, and I'm like, look at this the the mustache and the hair. I'm like, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I want to ask, like, so we we obviously posted our show list on um, our Instagram, and we allowed people to DM us and, and pick whatever they wanted. Remind me, did you have a different movie picked, or did you just automatically pick Sugar Hill? Um, Sugar Hill was definitely my number one. I said that I would also do Ganja and Hess, right? Because that one is just amazing. Um, but yeah, Sugar Hill is well, my top pick. Why did you pick Sugar Hill? I'm so curious. You know, sometimes, like, you can't explain it, but something just hits you just right. And I saw Sugar Hill for the first time last year on Shudder, and then I went and watched it two more times because it was so good. And I I just can't explain why I love Sugar Hill so much. But I, I think part of it is, uh, you know, that it's a, it's a strong story mm-hmm. and it's not that predictable. I love, oh my God, I love that ending when yes. Baron Samdi is ready to collect a soul. Uh, but also just like the deaths are all different yep. and there's magic, but there's also good old fashioned gore and yeah. No, I agree with you, especially about the story. It's such a strong story. I was like, man, 1974. And honestly, we'll, we'll get into it. Sugar Hill made me look at um, Kill Bill a little differently. I was like, did Quentin mm. Tarantino steal the storyline? Or not oh, steal he, it, but was he in yeah. mad, like inspired by it? Did he say that? Was he inspired by it? I mean, he steals everything. 
So, you know, I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. The storylines are similar with, you know, a, a, a soon-to-be bride and her mm-hmm. lover is killed and yep. she takes them down one by one, domino style, mm-hmm. you know, until she gets to the main boss at the end. It's a very similar story, except for without all the mysticism mm-hmm. and horror out of it. You know, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, and I know Quentin is a fan of black exploitation films because he loves using yeah. the N word in all of his scripts. So um, well, I'm wondering if that's what inspired him. And my favorite Tarantino still is Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown, exactly. So good. So he's, good. He's a fan. I don't know how I feel about him using the N word so much in his work, but that's for a different day. Um, yeah. Back to Sugar Hill. I'm glad you picked it. I know you were a little apprehensive. You're like, is a white guy going to be able to talk about Sugar Hill? And I was like, absolutely. Like, we're, I would love to talk to a white guy about Sugar Hill. So <laughs> here we are. We're talking about Sugar Hill. So thank you for being on the show. Let's get to it, people. All right. So 1974 Sugar Hill, very different from the Sugar Hill that Spike Lee made um, mm-hmm. in like 2000 something. Um, not related at all. I, I mean, I at least think, right? I've never seen the, the Spike Lee's Sugar Hill. N- neither have I. Although, but interestingly enough. I read the enough, plot, yeah. and it's nothing like this movie. No, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a cop procedural. Yeah, you know, it's more like The Wire or something. Yeah, yeah. so I, I need to do more research on, like, why did he name it Sugar Hill? And what's, what's really interesting to me is that he remade Ganja and Hess. Yeah. But under a different name. Exactly. So, hmm. yeah. Who knows? Anyway, well, well, when we get to Ganja and Hess, we will dig up the rest of those Spike Lee facts. But um, mm-hmm. Sugar Hill is directed by Paul Milansky, and it was produced by Elliot Schick. Schick. Sorry. Schick. <laughs> I think that's right. And written by Tim Kelly. All white dudes. Like yeah. white men. Yeah, pretty par for the course with black exploitation. Yeah. I mean, it, it was problematic to also... I think, okay, so I, I want to ask you this question, Evan. Mm-hmm. You refer to it as magic, but I, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm agnostic, so I'm like out of everything. I just don't, you know, I'm just in the middle. But a lot of my friends who are priestesses or, mm, see, it's different because in white culture, it's magic, it's witch. But in black culture, especially like Southern black, um, very French inspired Creole culture, it's voodoo and it's not witches. It's, I don't want to say the right, the wrong thing. What I'm basically saying is um, that topic of religion, because voodoo is a religion, right? It's so sensitive because the people who practice that religion, it's always been captured wrong throughout film mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking in my head, like, I would really love to see a Sugar Hill remake, but I don't even know if you could do it anymore because you know, voodoo is such a, a, a sacred thing to so many people. Um, you know, you almost don't want to exploit that. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think a Sugar Hill remake would look like for 2021? I mean, first of all, it should be made by Black people. Well, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, right there. Uh, and people who've done their research on voodoo, uh, maybe Haitian versus... Uh, Louisiana versus West African so yeah. just you know getting a better understanding of what it is how it's done um yeah I mean I could totally see Jordan Peele producing a remake of Sugar Hill and I would watch the fuck out of that um <laughs> yeah 
I, I was thinking about it as I was watching the movie. I love the idea that this woman, because there's a beautiful line that Mama, um, what is her mm. name? Mama Maitress. Yes, Mama Maitress. It's such a Creole, French Creole is so beautiful to me. Um, and that whole, that's so, the rich, first of all, the setting is so rich, that deep south, like, um, bayou setting, very true bloodish. I love it. It's so full of culture. It's so rich. But there's a beautiful line where she's, she's asking Diana, which is my middle name, by the way. So I also felt a kinship. And I was like, yeah, because mm-hmm. Dianas are bad bitches. And Wonder, Wonder Woman's, her name is also Diana. So I was like, hey, Diana. Mm-hmm. You know, dirty Diana. We're very popular. Diana Ross. Diana Ross. Thank you. We're very, very popular. Princess Diana. Yes, <laughs> so. princess of the people. Um, but there's a line where Mama's talking to Diana and she goes, how deep is your hate? And Diana goes, as strong as my love was, my hate is deeper. And I was like, ooh, there's something really great about like mm-hmm. hell hath no fury, like a woman scorned. Yes. I would love to see this remake would really like in Sugar Hill in the original Diana, even though she's full of hate and vitriol and wants revenge, she's keeps her cool. She's very calm, collected. Mm-hmm. She's like a simmering mm-hmm. hate. I would love to see like a really big, bad horror woman, black woman villain. Who's just like, I'm enraged because you made me this way because you've taken everything away from mm-hmm. me. And I'm going to like, almost like Carrie, you know, like yeah. Carrie at the prom. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm going to kill everyone. And I also, my version of the remake is that Diana, while she sets her sights out, obviously for her lover's killers, she's so consumed by hate that now it just becomes everyone. It's not just mm. about like you know. Remember mm. um, Huntress from um, was it? What's the movie with Deadshot in them? Uh, c- um, Birds of Prey. Yeah, no, not Birds of Prey. The, the one before that. So it was Harley Quinn. Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. Remember Huntress, where it's just like, she's so consumed. It started mm-hmm. out as a good thing, but Huntress literally consumes her with all this evil and hate. It turns into like, I'm going to end the world rather than I'm going to save my lover. That's Wait, the kind of angle yeah. I would like. I could see that. But I think one of the things that I love about this movie is that uh, is that Diana never, she's never punished for going too far. Mm-hmm. And she never does bring innocent people into it. That's I mean, true. Maybe, maybe the gangster's girlfriend, but she's a hateful piece of shit. So I'm yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> you I'm know, glad, I'm yeah. not. I'm not mad about it that she I, has to suffer too. Well, it's interesting because in Candyman, it's kind of the same storyline. Which I wonder. Like, I know Clive Barker wasn't inspired by this movie, but I wonder if the director was, since he did. Di- di- <laughs> Since he went astray from Clyde Barker's original short story and he kind of mm-hmm. landed on Candyman. Where Candyman, like his, he was murdered and he was separated from his lover and his, their unborn child. And um, he took it out on everyone who lived in Cabrini Green, like black or white. Mm-hmm. So he just took it out on that area. Um, so right. it never became about like, I'm gonna avenge the people that actually killed me. It was like, generations will suffer for my hate. Right. And I, kind of, I do enjoy that, although I do disagree that Candyman should be taking out his anger on, like, the innocent Black people in the projects, which I, I know they were going to fix in the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Diana, I mean, because at the end of the movie, I kind of looked at her on the screen. I was like, what are we going to do now, girl? Like, you accom- like mission accomplished. Like, are you done? Yeah. yeah. Or should we go get some more people? Like, let's go get all the bad people, you know? Yeah. So I kind of want a movie like that where maybe the the midpoint is, yeah, she accomplishes her goal, but then the rest of the movie is like, 
but there's more people to be had. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, I, I have my I have my definite like headcanon for a remake and you know, like who I would pick to play the different parts. Um, oh, cat! yeah, let's do this. Let's do our cast. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so I was thinking that Sugar herself, Diana Hill, uh, I would probably cast Letitia Wright. Okay, you were going, you were going younger. We're going, we're going to scale her back. I guess. I mean, you know, it, she's probably around 30 in the original. That's true. And you know what? It's so funny you say that because Letitia, I always imagine her as like 16, 17 because of Zuri, but she is my age. Because of Shuri. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think, I think as I, I love when people who have been in the original or in the original genre are cast yes. again. Yeah. You know, like seeing, um, uh, seeing Jessica Harper in the remake of Suspiria and yeah. seeing, um, oh, who played the Wonder Woman on TV? Oh, Linda, Linda. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Linda, Linda Carter. Carter. Linda you. Carter? Yeah, Linda yeah. Carter. <laughs> Having her do that cameo in uh, in the stinger after the credits for Wonder Woman 84. Um, so I I would definitely want to see Pam Greer as Mama Maitress. Yes. Because Pam, I mean, Pam is 70 and, you know, she looks amazing, but she's she's the right age to be playing an old griot like that. Right. And I think she'd bring more to it than just old witchy lady. I And I think it would be nice. It'd be a nice nod. Also, I think it's Marky Key. Is she alive? She's alive, right? Marky Bay, I mean. Marky Bay. I don't She plays know. Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to IMDb, yes, Marky Bay is still alive. She might be fun, too, for Mama. Yeah. Oh, she, she's 73. Yeah. Absolutely. She's 73 years old. Okay. She might come back as well. Okay, go continue. Yeah, why not? Uh, and then for Baron Somdi, I I think like it it's either for me it's either Keith David or Ken Forey. Yeah. Oh, Ken Forey would be so cool because he's so tall and just like intimidating. Yeah. Well, and Ken Forey has those gigantic eyes. Yes. He's also that, very sweet, so I know he could play evil yes. very bad. Yeah. And this, I mean, even though this Baron Somdi is a, a I, I mean, he's a trickster type character in the, yeah. in the original, right? But I, yeah, I, I find it hard to dislike him. I like this cast. This is a solid cast. And then what about the white guy? Um, what is his name? It starts with an M. Let me find it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Not on Morgan? My Morgan, yeah. What about Morgan? Morgan. You know, I didn't really care about the white characters enough to recast them, but <laughs> for Morgan, it, it would be, you know, it'd be someone who's usually in that uh, gangstery type of role. Um, you know, maybe someone like a Nick Nolte or... Ooh, ooh, yeah, someone like that. Oh, yes. Okay, I love that. Here's my my recast of Sugar Hill 1974. Mm -hmm. I would have an unknown actress as Diana to like okay. let like introduce a new person. Um, I would have Angela Bassett as Mama. Okay. Yeah, give my yeah. girl, you know, some yeah. more. And I would have Samuel L. Jackson as Baron. Okay. So he can just say motherfucker one time, and I can <laughs> I just you know check off my list. 
And then I would have James Vanderbeek as Morgan, just because I feel like- Oh my God. I just want to see James Vanderbeek <laughs> just be an evil guy. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, and that's it. That would be my cast. Okay. All right. Yay. Okay. So let's let's talk about some details in the, of the movie real quick, y'all. So Sugar Hill, I already told you the director and the writer, um, starring Marky Bay, Robert Query, and Don Pedro Coley. Um, cinematographer, cinematography by Robert Jessup and edited by Carl Kress, released on February 4th, 1974 by American International Productions um, through MGM. So MGM currently owns the rights to this. So, I mean, mm -hmm. if, if you guys are listening, let's all write letters to MGM and say, open up that IP vault and let a Sugar Hill remake come through. Um, it was 91 minutes. It was a budget of $350,000. That's dope. It's a lot of money for that time. But for what they did, honestly, it looks good. Yeah. I'm not mad at it at all. <laughs> Let's talk about the zombies. I like the zombies. I mean, yeah. Me too. The, the Me webbing too. is fake, right? Yeah. It's a little party city. But the eyes, I really love the eyes and the zombies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it looked like the zombies were slaves. Like, I don't yeah. remember if that was, if that was explicitly called out in the film, but, you know, they are definitely dressed as people who were, you know, owned on a plantation. Yeah. So it, it is, it is, it's not like spelled out, but it's, it's, it's mentioned in multiple parts, especially mm -hmm. by the detective. So the land that, Diana's property and her family's property falls on was old slave plantations and they like an old graveyard for slaves, especially slaves who got sick. Um, so that's why like at the first crime scene, they find a shackle, which is like, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's all, I mean, look, it's 1974, it's a black exploitation film. So we're not going to get too critical of it, but you know, it's 1974 and slavery ended hundreds of years ago. And yet the slaves are like fully intact with their clothing and their skin and everything so like all right but I mean, it, magic magic it, yes it's magic and it, it tended to be like what i really love the message of sugar hill is like we call on our ancestors for help mm -hmm. and so it's basically all of her enslaved ancestors coming up from the ground to like punish this white man for killing her lover so that's really fun i really mm -hmm. i don't know if we could ever make that in 2021 but I feel like we could do some sort of something to it. Because in mythology, there are, not just in African mythology, but in Asian mythology, I want to say in Greek as well, there are goddesses who control the dead. Like, that's a real, mm -hmm. like, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what their exact names are, but I, I've read about them before. So I would love to see a more updated version just about, you know, the high priestess who controls dead people. Mm. Yeah, exactly. and get more into get more into the Orishas and the Loa and stuff yeah. like that. that and get loud. And let's dive deep yeah. into it and make it a franchise. Let's get a spin out. Let's uh. get two, three. <laughs> um, my, also, my thing would, I wouldn't call it Sugar Hill. I would call it Diana. That's just why. Yeah, I, I could see that. Why. Just because I, I, my middle is Diana and I, I want to have a movie named after me. And that's all. Well, and I, I, think, I think the time is right to remake a lot of these black exploitation films mm -hmm. because we know enough now to do it differently and mm -hmm. you know black people have a lot more agency in hollywood than 
you know, they even did 10 years ago. Yep. Um, ain't perfect yet, for sure. No, no. But, but I agree. But, I we mean, get a, a black yeah. director, a black writer. We got something cooking here. Yeah. And like, I would love to see a remake of Abby. Oh, yes. Oh, that would be amazing. We have so many. So, you know, I know everyone's like, oh, remakes. Why can't we do originals? But honestly, if you if you work in the industry, as I do, I tell you guys this all the time. IP, it, it's just, it's like if I paid for an expensive dinner with you, Evan, like I paid, I dropped $2 million on a dinner with you and we just <laughs> ate the food and we never, and that's it. It just sits there. No. What if I paid $2 million and had dinner with you and I get to um, every five years regurgitate up the food and we can <laughs> enjoy the meal again? You're speaking my language. Yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> we do that? Yes. So it's, totally. it's kind of like the meal that you paid for that you keep in like getting mm -hmm. a reinvestment in because every certain time period goes by and you can just do something with it. So that's why people like IP because they paid for this, these projects and they need to let like drain it until the money is gone so mm -hmm. gm has this piece of ip and haven't done anything with it in 47 years i'm telling you mgm you got three years until the 50th anniversary to put together a movie and it would do so well well and what if what if we got like a black exploitation mcu where oh yes. you end up having like diana hill and abby and uh prince blackula yes. and all these different iconic black exploitation characters all on the same team yeah like, i would love that that would be see, okay who's listening we're giving away free gems at the podcast mm -hmm. here um that would be dope and someone should definitely do it so in the spirit of black history month i'm putting it into the universe with my ancestors behind me to guide that we will get a sugar hill remake Shall I be a part of it? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there right now. Um, so let's, okay. So Wikipedia doesn't do the plot summary justice. It's only a paragraph, but that's okay. I'm still going to read it anyway. And then we're going to talk about it a little more. So here's the plot summary according to Wikipedia um, for Sugar Hill. The story centers on Diana, AKA Sugar Hill, um, a photographer in Houston. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Let me reread the sentence. The story centers on Diana Sugarhill Bay is in parentheses. What did I miss about the Bay? Oh, uh, just the actor's last name. Oh, <laughs> you know why yeah. that? You know why that got me? Because Beyonce's from Houston. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, is, is this where Beyonce got her name? I had a freak out <laughs> moment because um, I wasn't connecting Marky's last name to it. I was like, is this another nickname that I miss? And it, did Beyonce get her name from Sugar Hill? So sorry guys, I messed up. Um, anyway, a photographer based in Houston whose boyfriend nightclub owner Langston, played by Larry D. Johnson, has been killed by a mob boss, Morgan, Robert Query, and his men when he refused to sell the club to Morgan. Sugar seeks the help of a former voodoo queen named Mama Matrice, Zara that's Zara Cully, to take revenge on Morgan and his thugs. Mama summons the voodoo lord of the dead, Baron, played by Don Pedro Coley, who enlists an army of zombies to destroy the men who killed Langston and now want the club. Investigating the killings is Sugar Mama's former boyfriend, here comes the Beyonce connection. Police Lieutenant Valentine, who is played by Beyonce's stepdaddy, Richard Lewis. Lawson, Richard Lawson, I'm sorry. I did not know that he was her stepfather. 
Yes, here we go. Now we're now we're talking. Okay. Now we're really into um, Afro horror because I'm also um, a Beehive member. Beyonce's mommy, Mama Tina Knowles Lawson, I put respect on her new name, got divorced, remarried Richard Lawson, who also has a daughter named Bianca Lawson, who also is currently in Queen Sugar. Look at this. Look how it works. <laughs> Look at God work. She's currently starring on Queen Sugar, and she you could also see her in Pretty Little Liars. She's also on a couple episodes of Buffy as the only Black vampire or slayer that we got. Um, mm, yes. Okay. So she is okay. Beyonce's stepsister. Okay. So Beyonce is cemented in Hollywood royalty now, darling, forever. And what she always has been, but, and, you know. Uh, you know, why not have Beyonce play Diana Hill? Come on, now we're cooking. <laughs> now we're cooking. We could yeah. Beyonce as Diana. Then we could have obviously our other players playing the other characters. But mm-hmm. and then Richard can come back as Baron. Okay. Now we've got a movie. Now we do. You're welcome, MGM. We just cast that whole thing for you. Set it up. Knocked out of the park. Gave you an, a universe. Just put our names on producers and let us collect our check. Um, yeah, Richard Lawson. You know, funny story too. Um, I have a, I'm so close to Beyonce. More, um, Evan, let me tell you, I'm so close. I'm like two degrees away from Beyonce. Every tell me about it. Okay. Shortly before my writing and producing career, I was an actor. And if you have children, you probably saw me on some Disney and Nickelodeon shows like ten years ago. That might still be in reruns now. So Richard Lawson opened up a acting class or acting school in LA and um, you could audit the class for free. So I grabbed my girlfriend, Adrian. Hey, Adrian. And I said, let's go take Richard Lawson's class. Like maybe we could touch him and then we've touched Beyonce. But also we were actors and we wanted to like just try out the class. Richard is a textual actor like thespian like very theater based trained as well um (laughs) so the class was like four hours long well six hours long which is normal for acting class well okay let me take it back it's not normal acting classes are long richard's felt longer because he's very um loquacious Mm. he he can talk he's saying a lot of great things but i just remember it was a lot of words and there's a lot, like I remember the day we audited only one um, partner group scene partner got to go up and there were like five scene partners that were slated to go up because he had so many notes for this one scene group. Um, long story short, at the end of the uh, acting session at Richard's school, you get on stage and you kind of like relax to music and you do a little dance and he played Jay-Z. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're dancing with Richard Lawson to his brother and his son-in-law's music. (laughs) Um, I didn't come back to the class because one, it was a little more expensive than I was used to paying. And two, I, I wasn't into so much scene study at the time. I wanted to learn how to audition like for mm. TV and film. So I ended up going to a different studio that taught specifically how to audition and not so much scene study. But I will say he's very kind and he's also very tall. He's like six foot tall and he was very sweet to us, to Adrian and I. And I think he's a, a fantastic actor and obviously he is a kind human being. So 
that's my Richard Lawson story. You have any Beyonce stories? <laughs> Two degrees of Beyonce. <laughs> Um, I'm old enough that Destiny's Child played Grad Night when I was a senior in high school. Wait, what? That you performed De at your school? No, no, Grad oh. Night, like at Disney World. Oh, okay. I'm not yeah. from. We don't do that in Michigan. I'm not <laughs> from California. We don't. We don't have a Disney World to go to. Too. Okay. Yeah. So they well, played at Grad Night at Disney World Land. Yes, not just Beyonce, but Destiny's Child. Right. Okay. So for all of you people, Disney World, Florida. All of you people outside of Florida and California, Evan, explain to them what is Grad Night because it's a thing that doesn't exist for the Midwest kids. Okay. okay. So Grad Night is basically just. Uh, I think it's later in senior year. It's it's definitely before prom and graduation, but not too long before. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the seniors pile into these buses and the buses take you to Disney World, and then you ride the rides, but there's also live entertainment. And it's, at least when I was coming up, it it was always big names. So, you know, you're not gonna see whatever little rinky-dink business uh, Disney label band is trying to get a foothold. It's gonna be someone big. Wait, so, so it's not just your school. How many other schools are also at grad night? Oh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. All this, and apparently, is it, is it seniors though? Yeah, it's okay, it, grad night is for seniors. For seniors, and, okay. You know, people. I mean, uh, I'm Florida trash, so I can talk about it. Um, <laughs> you know, Florida is it, like everything you've heard about Florida. Charday is true, oh, and no. <laughs> uh, so you know, it was very traditional for people to take LSD on grad night. Oh <laughs> like, wow! This is a Florida tradition. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Were yeah. you watching Destiny's Child on LSD? I was not. Okay. I I have I did not go to grad night um, for did. a few reasons. Oh. Uh, because I was gonna go to Gay Day at Disney, which is uh, usually I think last Saturday or last weekend in June. Okay. I was gonna go to Gay Day with my LGBT uh, youth group. Okay. So I was waiting on that. And then I had this big conflict with my mother and I was not allowed to go, even oh, though I was legally no. an adult, blah, 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 blah. <sighs> it was sad. So you not only missed Destiny's Child, you also missed Gay Day. I did. But then I went uh, for like years in a row when right. I was in college. Right. Like yeah. on your own dime. Do you have to yeah. pay for grad night? Yes. Yeah. How much was it? How much was oh, it? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Okay, oh, I was gonna say like five hundred dollars. Like, who has that kind of money? They go to Disneyland. I mean, suburban Floridians. That's true. Um, we don't have that here. And well, I grew up in Michigan. I graduated from Eastern High School. Go Quakers! And oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we like the closest thing we have is Six Flags, and that's still even like a four-hour oh, drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, we had a good time at Six Flags for our senior day. So something I found out, you know, I was raised by wolves, so I did not have much religion in my life. Mm -hmm. and, um, but something I found out after I went to college and started like living next door to people who were devout and stuff like that, apparently, like I didn't know this, but Disney has other big nights like that. And one of them For is Christians. Night of, yes, they have Night of Joy. And all these church groups go and they listen to Christian performers and ride the rides and stuff. So I was like, well, I'll be. 
honestly sounds like my worst nightmare. I'm sure that's fun for someone else. But I mean, I would, I would much prefer Destiny's Child to, you know, Jars of Clay. Yeah, no, 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 no judgment. If you, if that's how, if that's your jam, have uh-huh. that sounds like my worst nightmare. But I will say, as an adult before pandemic, there's no better feeling than being an adult with your own money at Disneyland. Yeah. Buying alcohol and all the gifts and toys I wanted. Ooh, yes. And the corn dog. Mm. Have you tried the, do they have corn dogs at Disney World? They must. They've got okay. everything in it, yeah. Well, talk about this for a second and then we'll go back to, um, Conjuring has. We'll go back to Sugar Hill. But I'm putting you all in game. When the world opens back up and you come to Disneyland, particularly, because I don't know, I don't know anything about Disney World, but Disneyland in particular, you go through the front main gates at the main Disney Hall, straight down the path you'll have cinderella's castle in front of you to your right to your right right before you get to the the center square where all the different uh lands are divided is a little carousel called hand dipped corn dogs Mm. everyone who knows me knows whenever i'm going to disneyland we make that stop first i don't care if it's 8 a.m in the morning I don't care. We are stopping so I can get my hand-dipped corn dog. I get one when I get to the park, and before I leave the park, I get my other one. It's the best thing in the world. You can either get apples and chips. I always suggest get the apples because chips and a corn dog just sounds like arteries clogged to me. Apples or chips, and it comes with a drink as well. It's literally like $25, but it's worth it. It's delicious. Okay. Everyone who knows me knows that. So, that's just a little tip. If you ever get back to Disneyland, people, you can make sure you hit up that corn dog station and and let me know about it. Because I mean, if we ever ever get back, I can't wait to get my vaccine. Because yeah. the first place I'm going is Disneyland. Yep, come yeah. for the vaccines, stay for the corn dogs. Stay for the corn dogs. Um, back to Sugar Hill. <laughs> so so transitioning back, I was thinking. So you mm-hmm. you took that class. I did. Uh, and. Uh, so you were in Richard Lawson's class. Richard Lawson is Beyonce's stepdad. Yeah. Like email Richard Lawson and tell him, oh my God, can we please make a remake of Sugar Hill happen? Because you're, you know, you've worked for Disney, you know, and Disney owns MGM. Yeah, I really should. I can connect it all back. I can say, I was in your acting class. And then I watched Sugar Hill and we should do this and you could be Baron and you could produce it and Beyonce Mm -hmm. could be in it and we could have Mm -hmm. a soundtrack and we could have costumes. (laughs) (laughs) I I should. I I wouldn't email him because he doesn't handle like the acting emails, but he's super active on Instagram and so Mm -hmm. is his wife, Mama Tina Knowles. And uh, oh my God, Mama Tina. We call her Mama Knowles. What if she was just, what if she paid Mama? What if we what just if? made it a family affair? What oh if? my God, it's amazing. Um, she's right. She could do it. She's fabulous too. In my remake, Mama's fabulous. She's garmented out and she's got headbands and tresses mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. jewelry and she smokes only the long French cigarettes and she has beignets for breakfast. Oh, I'm oh, hungry. Yeah. You're, um, making me, you're making me picture her like Erica Badu, but I think Badu is still too young to play Mama Maitress. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking more like a black version of Norma Desmond. Oh, I'm oh God, yeah. Ready for my close-up, Mr. Deville. Okay. You know, yeah. or like I'm ready to steal some white souls, Baron. Right. 
you know, that like that. <laughs> yeah, like someone who's actually used her magic to live deliciously. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you know she's the real deal because she's flawless. She hasn't aged. And because in the movie it says, you know, at the end of the Sugar Hill, Diana goes, "Mama, you can rest now." And then um, the detective does make a comment, like, "She looks, she looks, she's pretty sprightly for a hundred. That's because she's a witch. Like, yeah. if I was gonna be a witch, would I use my powers for good? No, I would use my powers to stay youthful and slim. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's what I would do. All the beauty regimens out the window. I would never do anything. I'd just be like caked in the souls of children's blood to make sure I'm beautiful. <laughs> I'm Winifred, always. Um, yeah, so Mama Tina could be a glamorous mama. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I plan on doing that. Um, okay, so so we we have Richard Lawson, like I said there. Oh wait, that was the whole that was the whole plot summary. Uh, let's just go back. So we open the movie, and Diana's at the club with her her soon to be husband, fiance Langston. He's very tall. He's very dapper. You can tell there's a love there. The one critique I have about this movie, which if I were to remake it, I would fix it, is that we didn't get enough time with Langston and Diana mm -hmm. to really mm -hmm. solidify this love. He dies yeah. in the second scene he's in yeah it i didn't yeah as as a viewer i cared that he was murdered mm -hmm. but i didn't care about the character yeah all right and i couldn't feel her love for him because i'm like girl you, he's only been in two scenes <laughs> yeah. you're hot go find another one <laughs> you look good mama um so if if i were to remake the movie as a writer director i would at least let 15 minutes go by so we can build this foundation of what this what their life was together and what it could have mm -hmm. been mm -hmm. um to before it got derailed um so Langston dies and uh it's so funny it's it's 1974 so his beatdown is just like a bunch of guys hovering over his body without trying to hurt the actor and it's just like it's <laughs> i'm just like oh yeah he's getting his ass kicked but it's like you know it's slow motion like oh yeah it's funny it's pretty funny um so Langston dies in his beautiful powder blue suit and Diana's devastated she's but first of all she's wearing a beautiful emerald green dress to one shoulder with a matching headband I was like fabulous fabulous if you're yeah. gonna hold your dead fiance in your hand you might as well look good doing it so the outfits in this whole thing honestly I will say even the racist outfits were glorious Yes. Can we bring that style back? Like, let's bring back when people dressed, dressed up, and they went out to have a, a, a glass of champagne at the nightclub. You know, I think I think when we finally get out of uh, COVID land, I mean, for me, it was great to be in pajamas for an entire year. Yeah. And now I'm ready to wear some nice fucking clothes. <sighs> I'm ready Same. to put my contacts in again you know, get a nice haircut, put on my good clothes and, you know, go out and find me some dick. <laughs> me too. <laughs> right? You know, uh, okay, I'm just, wait, I'm just. Here's my pitch. Here's just my saying. pitch. I don't want to go out to find me some dick, but if I could be like Diana and summon me some dick. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Like, like draw your chalk circle yeah just like bring the dick <laughs> like, right sprinkle the cornmeal i would sing like come little children <laughs> you know <I'd laughs> right. throw some hocus pocus in there 
And then I'd just be at home fabulous. And then they would be like zombified dicks. So they would like, wouldn't ask me for anything. They wouldn't ask me to do anything. I could just lay there. And, mm. <laughs> and, and they would feed me grapes um, and champagne. Mm-hmm. I'm bougie as fuck. And maybe a little cheese board, a little charcuterie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the, the spell would break and they would go home and they would have no memory of me. Because I don't want them. Because when I'm done with them, I'm really done with them. I don't want repeaters. I don't like leftovers. We're, we're good. <laughs> See, I'm looking for my special repeater. No, there's too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I want you in and I want you out. That would be the dream. That's the real remake of Sugar Hill. Just like <laughs> she summons Dick when yes. she needs it, when she wants yes. it. And it comes and it's gone. And it's like, ooh, that's done. This is a fun episode. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> happy Black History Month. And happy Women in Horror Month. It is. It's Women in Horror Month. Thank you. We've got a few yes. shout outs from a couple of people shouting out the podcast. So um, if you guys are new listeners because you saw some shout outs um, on other people's Instagram, then that's awesome. Women in Horror Month. Um, we might have to do our Patreon episode with one of your films and celebrate some women. I think that could be arranged. Yeah, like we could talk about some our scream queens from overtime and yeah, for ten okay. minutes. So we'll yeah. see. Um, yes, so so it opens like that, and then Diana, to her credit, I love a woman with a plan, especially like a fifty point plan. I love a woman who's organized. Like this mm-hmm. is the most organized execution I've ever seen in my life. She had a mar- a business market plan. She saw investors. <laughs> she delivered mm-hmm. a businesswoman yeah she didn't waste any time she went straight to mama she said hey my dude's dead they killed my man i need help <laughs> and mama said okay let's go to baron he's like you know it's gonna, it's gonna cost you a soul she's like i mean all right we can negotiate that but like let's get this mm-hmm. done first and she got straight to it she started out and she zoomed in so everyone surrounding morgan which i love which again is very kill bill right like the bride didn't go straight for Bill. She, she, you know, she didn't know where Bill was anyway, but also she started mm-hmm. out with like his posse, the people mm-hmm. who were there. So she, you know, she kills uh, the Cobra girl and she, you know, I can't remember names right now, but she, she, she's, you know, Bill knows she's coming. So mm-hmm. it heightens the fear. Also, they did the same thing in Twilight. Now I feel like Twilight ripped that off from Kill Bill with um, Rose, Rosalie's storyline. I never remember? seen Twilight. Oh, Oh, wow. But yeah, I think, I mean, that's a pretty old story. Like you start, you start at the bottom of the ladder of people who done fucked you over and you kill them on the way up until you get to the final mastermind. Yes. (laughs) There's a line. I love this line. Sugar Hill's got some great lines. Diana's killing one of the white um, supporter thingies. And I think it's, I think it's the guy who gives her $10,000 who's like delivering her final payment from mm, Morgan. Mm, yeah. And he says to her, I wasn't even there. I didn't even do anything. And she literally looks him in the eye and she goes, just call this a repayment for something you did and haven't been caught doing yet. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, you know, we had a Scream franchise celebration in the clubhouse chat last night. And that was a big mm-hmm. conversation about Cotton Weary. Whereas, you know, obviously he wasn't guilty of killing Maureen, but I was adamant that Cotton was guilty of something. So I was like, maybe mm. this is just our 
universe's way of saying you're not going to get caught for this thing so you're going to at least serve some time for another thing (laughs) um by the way we have free again free cotton weary t-shirts because that was the deal in the clubhouse room we took a vote in the room and it was guilty or not guilty and the not guilties had the vote so that means i had to put free cotton weary t-shirts in the, the shop um, for Afro Horror. So they're there. And again, if you use the code Clubhouse10 or Afro Horror10, you can save 10% if you really feel like you want a free Cotton Weary t shirt. <laughs> the look eyes. on your face. Like, <laughs> people people out in podcast land, you cannot see the look on Charday's face, but it's wonderful. I really didn't want to do it. I was like, but I'm a woman to my word. We lost by one vote. That cotton was not guilty. Uh, so then the deal was to put free cotton weary t-shirts up, but mm-hmm. we, our next week's room is going to be scream queen versus scream queen, Sydney Prescott versus Lori Strode. Yes. Okay. So we're going to have some team Sydney and team Lori shirts available in the shop to prepare for that. Nice. Yes. Anyway. So Diana is a woman with a plan. She goes to execute your plan. She looks fabulous the whole time doing it. I mean, honestly, what I really, really love about Diana, Miss Dirty Diana is that she goes to Morgan knowing that she's killing everyone one by one and still mm-hmm. tries to broker this deal. Yes. She's fearless. She sits down across from him in this beautiful pantsuit, like abs mm-hmm. for the gods. And she's like playing a dumb victim. I love it. She's playing up mm-hmm. this woman role of, like, I don't know anything about business. And I don't even think I want to keep the club because it's such a headache and a reminder of my lover. She's playing right into his hand she's so smart i love her well and she's you know she's not beyond using her her sexuality to to get him Mm -hmm. interested and yeah she knows exactly what she's doing one of the people she kills she's at the pool hall she goes i've always wanted you and he's like you know i thought i saw you looking at me and she's like yeah my car's outside you want to go home and he's like absolutely (laughs) and she kills him (laughs) Actually, that was the best scene where where it's on fire. The voodoo doll catches on fire in the middle Mm, if he doesn't mm -hmm, stab himself. mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the best scene. Do you remember the chairs they're sitting in, um, Evan, in that scene? The wicker chairs? Mm, Yes. Oh, when they're facing each other? When they're facing each other. Yeah, across that little table with the voodoo stuff going on. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you may not know this, but all Black people have that chair. (laughs) I kid you not, that chair, uh, <sighs> that wicker chair especially, is in every Black grandma's house across the country. My grandma had it, and I'm you know, probably going to have it when I get older. <laughs> you know, I keep my eyes and ears open, but I did not know that. Yes, that 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 wicker chair with the, the oval topping that's a little higher, all Black grandmas have that. Is that the same chair from American Horror Story? Yep. Season three? Yes. Okay. Also, Beyonce used it in her um, uh, tour, on the run tour, where she's like oh. holding two staffs. It's a very black thing. I don't know the history of this chair, but when I saw it in the movie, I was like, damn, this runs deep. <laughs> this, this chair has been like yeah. ingrained in our cultures this long. I don't know the history of the chair, but we all have it. Um, and if you if you're black and you're listening to this and you know what I'm talking about, DM or DM comment on our Instagram and let me know that you know about this chair because I promise you, every black household, older that, generation has this chair. That's your next merch shirt or sticker the is chair. that chair. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're right. Yeah. Just for Black History Month, I, I am going to do that. Right. Um, and it can say like, sit the fuck down or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> take a seat in the black chair. <laughs> like, take a seat, honey. Um, gosh, do I, have, do I owe you a commission? I don't think my... Uh... No. I mean, <laughs> I always accept tips, but... That, okay. No. I was like, yeah, I owe you a kickback <laughs> now that um oh speaking of speaking of merch real quick, not to plug, but we have um lapels, enamel pins coming in. Mm. And our first look, we're gonna drop them once a month. And the first one to drop is the teacup from Get Out. Although yes. legally I can't call it the teacup from Get Out. So it's called the Hypno Teacup. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So if anyone's listening to this who works at Universal, it's not from Get Out. I, it's a, it's just a teacup with a spoon, and you can't sue me for that. It, it's very certainly generic. not. <laughs> it's called the Hypno Cup. Um, so if you guys are looking forward to that, we're gonna drop a pin every month as a nod to some famous black um, horror movies. So like, if we have a B pin coming up, you know who that's for. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it's just the B, okay. Okay, people, it's just a B. It means nothing. <laughs> um, and we got some gold scissors coming out. You know who that's for. Ooh. But again, they're just gold scissors. They have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's happening too. But yeah, so that chair and that scene, I love it. You're right. She's, she's a beautiful woman. She knows she's a beautiful woman. What I actually really love about this film is that she doesn't have to show any TNA. Right to exude her sexiness. Uh-huh. She just uh-huh. is. And a lot of black exploitation films, there is a lot of A, like Pam Greer's got a beautiful set of titties. She is no problem showing her titties, but um, you know, they didn't ask um, Marky to do that here. And I really, <laughs> I love that because even though it's very male dominated with the writer and the director and the producer, she still carries the film and like have some respect for her name. She doesn't have time to show her tits, you guys. I got white men to kill. So <laughs> like, learn, worry about my boobs later. Um, and what I always love is right before she's about to kill someone, you like in front of Morgan, she's wearing her like her pressed hair, her good wig. Not I'm gonna say good wig. She's wearing a wig that's like straight and it's pressed. And she's wearing her like sensible outfits, but with a little tee, not enough that's like grotesque, but it's like a little curved. But when she's right about to kill someone, she's in her Afro and her yes. white suit. Yes, I was hoping you would bring that up. I It took me two or three watches before I realized that she has her like white people hair for when she's dealing with everyday life. And then when she's ready to kill a motherfucker, she is natural hair all the way. Natural hair and that that white pantsuit with the red accent. Uh, I was like, okay, she's not only a scream queen; she is a superhero. She is giving yes, me like she is. she's Clark Absolutely. Kent. She's Clark Kent. <laughs> she's our superwoman. She's dressed in her garb, and I'm like, she she's everything. I, there's a scene where one of the white men are at the club looking for like whoever is killing everyone, and. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what she's, she has a drink in her hand and she's just there and the, the silhouette is low and the light is perfect across her face. And she's like, hello. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's, <laughs> she's so awesome. She's so cool. She's just sitting here mm-hmm. in the dark, drinking whatever she's drinking, just saying hello to this. And she kills him and it's, it's brilliant. It's all brilliant. Um, now you had some points that you wanted to bring out. Can you read your list to me? Oh, well, that was actually one of them. Right. was the the way that her style changes yes uh between you know when she's 
pretending to make nice in front of the white people and when she's ready to kill. Yep. Um, also, I love, I love that she and Langston are firmly middle class. Like yes. she's a fashion photographer. Yep. You know, Everyday like it, girl. Yeah. At, at first, at first we don't, we don't see her in any particular career. Right. We don't really know. I'm like, is she yeah. just a, a, you know, just hanging out at the club or no, but you yeah. know, what's really great about that too. Even between losing her fiance, setting up this like plot murder for all these men and like doing a deal for the club, she goes to work. <laughs> yeah. Like that is some Wonder Woman shit right there. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Like yeah, she talk about Diana. Yeah. She's taking pictures. She's literally at a photo shoot. And I'm like, girl, you have so much going on. I feel so lazy compared to you. Like, <laughs> how are you doing all of this at once? And like, just so calm, cool and collected and you're at work. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. She is a dream. Um, so I love that point. What's your next one? Oh goodness. Um, I think that, I mean, I think that's most of it. I wanted to talk about how amazing her clothes are. Um, I like that every, every villain gets killed off in a different way. Yes. You know, Very creatively. It, yes. You know, and this is before, this is before the slasher boom where, right. you know, they expected to have a different weapon or a different method for each yep. victim. Um, and, you know, some are very practical, some are very impractical, some yeah. are absolutely magic. Um, I love when she feeds the one guy to the pigs. That's great. I love, and um, then she, yeah, she gives someone money. But it's always money with you. Take this money to where you're going. I love that. She throws yeah. his $10,000 back. What yeah. I love is that she's also one of the smartest killers that we I've ever seen on screen. So the mm. Richard Lawson, the detective, is like, oh, someone's killing people. And they're leaving a trail and she catches on to it and she's like to the next kill she's like well you're gonna stab yourself because we don't want people to think like we want to uh -huh. cut we want to cut him off <laughs> and then she has uh she has somdi basically push him down the stairs but she's like but you cannot kill him yeah i okay in, in my remake we would dive more into that love triangle too mm -hmm. because it's like i i think diana to me is very sexual in the sense like I have a mission, I have a goal, but I also mm -hmm. want to be fucked. So <laughs> like, yeah. she has a respect for this detective, but he can't get in her way. Like, you're not going to get in my way, but I, I would like to be dicked down by you at some point. <laughs> so she tells her, her man, she's like, yeah, just like, like get him out of the way, but don't kill him. I plan on like getting some D after this. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a friend. You know, just get him out of the way. And she goes to visit him. And she's like, you good? You good? And he's like, I broke my leg, but I don't feel pain. She's like, well, you should be blessed. That's blessing, baby. Anyway, I'll be back. She calls him baby. I love that. Mm -hmm, she's like, mm -hmm. I'll be back, baby. You like, you sit tight. And that's the last we see of the yeah. detective. <laughs> In my head for the remake, the detective still pushes on and like uncovers that she is this like high priestess and like men do, betrays her and she kills him. Cause fuck mm. you. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think in my version, it. in my version, he he has that like Poirot moment from uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. When yes. he's like, when he's like, well, you know, a crime was committed, and I just throw my hands in the air and let someone else deal with it because yep. I don't know who's the bad guy here. That's nice. I like that yeah. too. I like that too. Um, I think both versions would be really fun. I just want to see her kill more men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, always 
you should just be with women. <laughs> but but uh, you, you bring up such a good point about her sexuality. At no point do I feel like the men in front of or behind the camera are in control of this woman's sexuality. I agree. You know, I agree. Yes, There's no female gaze yeah. here. Yeah, I, she she's hot because she wants to be. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. No, I agree. She's in control from the beginning of this movie of her sexuality and how people mm -hmm. see her. She purposely wears that outfit to attract Morgan. And even his jealous racist girlfriend, Celeste, is like, what, what does she have? He's like, she's got color. She goes, she ain't got no color. And he goes, well, whatever it is, you need it. <laughs> like, he's oh, just like, I, she's so classy. She's so hot. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I, I forget the line, but it's, it's, she's like, what, you know, who do you think I am? And Morgan's like, we all know what kind of woman you are. Morgan Celeste. was on Celeste's neck the whole movie. And I was like, girl, he don't like you. Uh -uh. <laughs> like, Celeste was trying so hard, so hard to be seen by Morgan. And he's just like, oh, he's so gross. And then, you know, Diana walks in and she's polite and she's kind and she's sexy and she's sweet. And he's mm -hmm. like, mm, yeah, I'll give her $10,000 without a contract signed. <laughs> Bad business. <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh my God, let's talk about this. <sighs> Celeste getting her ass kicked by Diana. I stood on my couch. I was like, kick that white bitch's ass. <laughs> yes. And she had it coming too. She had it coming. She did. Yeah. I wanted it to happen. I was like, beat her ass, Diana. Beat her ass. Well, and then, and then she she basically sells her into sex slavery for Baron Somdi. Sorry, spoilers. Well, no, but, I mean the movie came out 47 years ago, you guys. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Either you seen it or you didn't. Is it sex slavery um, or is it just her soul? I think it's just he's just collecting souls. Okay, so I'm I'm positive it's sex slavery, and hear me out. Oh, in at the beginning, uh, Baron's like, "Well, what will you give me uh -huh. if I give you the power of revenge?" And she's like, "I will give you my soul." And Baron just laughs at her. He's like, "I don't need souls. I need bodies." So Baron, like his, I'm one hundred percent sure that his fee for killing all these men is that he wants you know he wants a booty girl ain't that some shit even in the afterlife men only want ass <sighs> like diana is on a mission for, mm -hmm. to avenge her lover and you're like so am i gonna get some ass out of this? <laughs> i mean also the the voodoo gods are very human you know they drink yeah. they smoke they're <laughs> so mad oh my yeah. god and then so at the end of the movie, you guys, like Diana's come here, her, her accomplished, and, and Baron looks at her, and he's like, so what about our deal? And she's like, oh, I got an idea. Her, Celeste. It's Celeste in a hot green suit and some white go-go boots. And he's like, you know, I would have said no to this, but because technically this isn't the deal we made, but I'm going to go. Oh, okay. He was so happy to get that white girl. He was. <laughs> so happy to get that white girl. There's something to be said about that on a different day. Mm -hmm, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, that's, damn, that's that's horrible, Diana. Like, I can't cheer for that, but also, oh my God, girl. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I get a weird feeling, you know, as someone who was raised male and, you know, gets all the male privileges. Um, I, when I see that happen to a woman on screen, I'm like, oh, she didn't deserve that. 
Like yeah. no one, no one, no one ever deserves to be raped. Yeah. Unless perhaps they're a rapist. Um, but I was okay with her being. Well, the now exchange. that you put it in that lens, I'm like, I was okay with her soul being taken. I don't want her to. She's a horrible racist. She's horribly mm-hmm. racist to yeah. Diana this entire mm-hmm. film. So yes, she deserves to go to hell for all eternity. But I mean, look, that's none of my business what how the devil runs his area. It, it's none of my <laughs> business how you do your job down there, sir. So let right. me stay out of it because I don't plan on seeing you. Right, that's outside <laughs> my pay grade. Outside of my pay, it's above me now. <laughs> Below me now. It's <laughs> yeah, Below yeah. me now. <laughs> so, yes. um, but Celeste could suck a dick. Oh, never mind. No, no, we're not going to go there. Um, but yeah, so. To changing the subject. Changing the subject. Changing I, it right now. I will put a trigger warning before this because I don't okay. want anyone to think that we are making light of sexual assault. We're not. We're just talking Certainly about not. Celeste's. Um, mm-hmm ending of this story so we're certainly not but we will put a trigger warning up because we you know mm-hmm. that did not expect that to come out um okay so so let's see there's any other moments i want to touch on before we wrap this part up i don't think so let's, okay so overall um we're gonna do this new thing where we give these movies a rating um Ooh. and we're gonna call it out of five afros okay okay so how many afros out of afros are you giving Sugar Hill 1974? I'm giving it four and a half afros. It's a good rating. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it a solid four afros out of five. I'm only giving it, it's only one point down for me because, oh, well, first of all, this song is amazing. Oh, Voodoo, Voodoo Woman. Woman. Yes. <laughs> As- as soon as it played in the opening credits, I was like, oh, this is a hit. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. someone, Jordan Peele, remake Voodoo Woman and make it creepy and slow, like you do all the time. Do it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, so the movie only gets one point deducted for me because I didn't, I still just wanted more men to die. Um, what about you? <laughs> you know, I would, that last half a point, you know, like, that's reserved for perfection. And I feel like with, with a better budget and culturally appropriate writers and directors, it would have been a five for me, but as it is, well, and, and this is something else that I, I did want to bring up is that, you know, I had seen screenshots of Sugar Hill and stuff like that for years. And I've been a horror, I've been a horror fan my entire life. And I've been studying it academically for a good 15 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, oh, you know, the zombies, they look so hokey. Why do they have fish eyes? Yeah. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll skip it. And then I just was like, you know what? The black exploitation area of horror, I'm very underinformed in. So I was like, let's watch Sugar Hill. And I watched it and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. And I am, I like, I needed to like send a message through the ether to past Evan to inform him how much he's going to love Sugar Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Same with me. I think I avoided it for too long and I've always heard about it, um, at least for Black Horror. And then I finally watched it and I was like, this is everything I want from a movie. It has fashion, yes. it has great lines, it has murder, and it has a badass look. Why was I avoiding this movie for so long? And yeah. why aren't we remaking it? <laughs> like, well, I want she, it. <laughs> yeah, you've even, got, you've even got the one Black character, um, Fabulous. Yes. Which, yep. you know, is such a great name for the era. Yep. But, 
you know, the fact that fabulous is, okay, as a white person, it's, it's you know, a tightrope tight for me to articulate this, but fabulous does not give a fuck who he kills True. for this white mobster. He doesn't. He's he just, just cares like, about money. Yeah. And it's nice to have that foil for, um, for sugar. Yeah. Um, and to see like, oh yeah, you know, no, there, there are black people in this gang mm -hmm. and they're going to get the bullet too. And it's, it's, I mean, if I'm looking at it, it's also a code for how we uphold white supremacy. Yeah. Even when you're yeah. not white, well, you can yeah. uphold white supremacy um, and you can benefit from it. And Absolutely. a lot of people, and this is going to be controversial, you guys, and you're going to yell at me and I don't give a fuck. A lot of black men benefit from white supremacy because they're men and they're straight. I'm going to take that back. Black straight men benefit from white supremacy because they're men, number one, and they're straight, number two. Okay? So that's why they feel entitled to be homophobic and misogynist. And that still upholds white supremacy. So when we have instances where people aren't believing women when they say they've been abused, or you're coming down on um, your fellow man because they are gay, you're holding up white supremacy. So I'm just putting it out there for the Kanye's of the world. You can write me, you can tweet me, you can do whatever you want. Just because you're black doesn't mean you're not a part of this system. Thank you. Okay. Um, yes, of course. So we each gave our ratings on Sugar Hill. Do you have any final words for this amazing film that you'd like to leave the people with? Uh, if you're on the fence about it and you've never seen it, go see it. It's so worth it. It is just a super satisfying horror movie. It is. And it keeps you yeah. engaged. Like, yeah. Every scene, you're like, this is great. It's moving the story along. It's not, there's nothing in here that's just for filler. And it's a, it's a quick watch. It's an hour and a half. It's not like it's yeah. two hours. Like, it's a yeah. pretty solid watch. So, and again, the opening scene is brilliant with the music. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. So, um, Evan, tell the people, I mean, are you online? Where can they find you again? Like, remind everyone where they can find you if they want to treat you. It would be my pleasure. Um, so my, my online nerve center is evanjpeterson.com, J like the letter. Um, and that, you know, usually on my homepage, I throw down whatever I'm, you know, whatever online workshops I've got coming up, uh, where you can read the latest stuff I've published. So I do have some classes coming up, uh, usually two per month on weekends. And they're usually like a two hour class so if you're into writing or world creation uh and storytelling check them out awesome and then us you guys you can always follow us on afro horror pod that's on instagram and twitter we are on clubhouse are you on clubhouse evan i'm not i'm not do you, do you have an iphone i do okay i'm gonna send you an invite do it do okay. it yeah i have like i have like house party and whatsapp and discord and twitch and all that shit oh yeah so i know one more is not gonna kill one me. more well we do our franchise chats every saturday at 5 30 p.m pst so okay. next week is screen queen versus screen queen sydney prescott mm. versus laurie strode and we're treating it like a, a court case so i'm representing sydney and there's another person representing Lori. we have a judge and we have jury and we have a whole to present our case about the screen okay. queen that okay. we think will rain. Um, so you have to join us for that. Um, but I would love to also like host a room with you about horror writing techniques. A lot of people ask me questions about that. Like, I can I you give some to. tips? Cool. I would okay. love to. Great. Yeah. We'll and set that up. 
yeah, I'll I'll even do it for free. So, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Trying to, um, you know, trying to give free things to people of color when I can. Yeah. And maybe we could do a special discount. So if people from that, uh, from Clubhouse want to take your class, they could get like a little, a little discount. Sure. Like a special code. We'll work Absolutely. on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Black History Month. <laughs> Um, so we're, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, obviously guys, and we're on Facebook. Um, the shop is open. I worked really hard on <laughs> the shop and it's going to change. Like every week there'll be a new item and some items won't stay up there. We've got, um, Armitage University sweatshirts. If you know Armitage, that's from Get Out. Um, mm -hmm. we've got teacups and we've got mugs. We've got, um, obviously free cotton weary t-shirts that won't be there much longer. Um, we've got lapel pins coming in. Um, so we've got a really some some beanies. The Afro horror beanies are the best. They're really. So I tried to wear mm. mine for you today, Evan, but I buried it somewhere in my in my office. But they're really really soft. Um, and actually, don't forget, um, email me your address because we always send our guests a little gift after they guess. Oh, the thank you, thank <laughs> you so much. Um, but yeah, the shop is open, you guys. I try to make everything so affordable for you. So check it out. That's the best way to support us. But also we are launching our Patreon today. Uh, we have $5 and $10 tiers and Evan's going to join us on the Patreon. We're going to talk about something a little different. Oh, wait, what, what were your two films? What were the okay. films? Okay, so uh, two of the best films I've seen recently were The Blood on Satan's Claw, okay. which is on Shudder right now. And then uh, A Dark Song, which is a little more difficult to find, but damn, like talk about some, some like abuse narratives and gender in horror. Um, I haven't seen either of those yet. Okay, well, what uh, should we then, talk about that we've seen together? <laughs> do you want to do you want to talk about Ganja and Hess as like a primer for next month? No, because that guess is already shot. What? What? Let's see. Scream Five's coming out. Do you do you like any Scream movies? Yeah, it's not really my franchise. Not your favorite uh, so franchise? What's your I'm, franchise? So I'm really into monsters. Okay. So I love the Alien movies. I love uh, the Hellraiser movies. Okay. Um, anything that's a take on Frankenstein. Anything let's, that's let's got talk witches aliens. in it. We can go. Let's talk about Alien. Prometheus and um, Covenant included, yeah? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. So we settled on it because I can't wait to have this conversation okay. with you. I love Aliens um we're going to be talking about the alien franchise on the patreon episode which is perfect because we will have an alien franchise celebration room on clubhouse later Whee! in the month so this will be our precursor before we do that clubhouse i love i love alien so much that i watch all the awful low budget knockoffs of alien <laughs> like like that's how like much i shorts. love it i have a story for you that we're saved for the patreon okay. but just so you guys know, also, I am uh, I was the guest host on Alien 3's episode at Horror Queers. You know Horror Queers, Evan? Yes. Is that... Okay. Wait, okay. Is that... Trace and Joe? I don't know Trace and Joe, but I know of Horror Queers. Okay, So yes. I need to hit them up and talk to them. No, you. I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you. They're wonderful. Thank you. They're wonderful. Um, so I was their guest host for their month of threes. They were doing uh, movie like movies that third... The third... In, the third movie in the trilogy. Thank you. Okay. Um, so that was last month and I did Alien 3 and we had such a fun time. Mm. 
and we're going to get there when we talk to the Patreon. So join us at the Patreon, you guys. We're going to be talking the Alien franchise. But Evan, it's been so great to have you on the episode. This is really awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I am eternally grateful. Yay! And um, you guys, we'll see you next month. Next month, what what comes after February? <laughs> February. Evan, help me out. What's the I month? Think Is it March? March? But we may have changed that in in the pandemic. I one think it's year, March. One year COVID. Next month. <laughs> uh, one year COVID. Are you working from home currently, or do you still have to I go am. out? Okay, I'm, same. I'm yeah. I'm blessed that I I freelance and same. yeah. I have my day job with Clarion West, so I get to work entirely remotely. Same. And yeah. And mad, mad respect to the the frontline folks, you know, in in food service and grocery stores as well as in the hospitals. Yeah, thank you everyone who who delivers my groceries and um, works in the grocery stores or hospitals or any place that you have to be that you it's not safe for you to be, but you have to be there because you need to provide for me and your own families. Thank you so so much. Um, so next month is March and we are talking uh, us for that month. Yeah. So this will be, yeah, we're, we had a, we already taped that episode and it's really, really fun. Like we had a good time taping that episode. Um, so you'll check out our us episode for the month of March, but just so you guys know, we only drop one episode a month, but it's black history month. So we will be dropping an episode a week during black history month, but on the Patreon, we won't be doing it here. Mm, smart. So, <laughs> I'm a Diana businesswoman. <laughs> there you go. So subscribe to the Patreon so you can get our exclusive, um, you know, episodes for the entire month, uh, for Black History Month. And then the next full episode will be in March for us. But that signs us out of, of Afro Horror for the month of February. Happy Black History Month, everyone. I'm super uh, excited to be doing this with you and to celebrate Black artists in front and behind the camera every month on Afro Horror. Uh, like and subscribe. This isn't YouTube. Go, like, just leave us a friendly comment. It also, it really, really helps if you can. Um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hemphill for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at @afrohorror or on our website, www.afrohorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast.